This is WCNO, Palm City, the good news station. Are you looking for inspiration? Would you like to develop or renew a relationship with God? Let us show you how. Tune in to the Focus on Jesus broadcast on Mondays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Right here on WCNO, the good news station. Remember to focus on Jesus. Jesus Jesus is Lord. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hey, Billy, what you doing next Saturday? Nothing. Why do you ask, Justin? I wanted to invite you to my housewarming party. I'd love to come. How were you able to afford a home? You've always rented just like me. A friend told me about Ed Myers. Who? Ed Myers. He's a realtor with Century 21 All Professional. Ed told me about a great financing program for first-time buyers. What program? Well, if you're a first-time buyer or haven't owned a home in the last three years, you could qualify for up to $10,000 in down payment assistance and move into a home with little money of your own. With home prices and interest rates going up, there's no better time to buy a home than now and no more landlord. This sounds like something I need to check out. What's Ed Meyer's number? 772-342-0047. What's that again? 772-342-0047. I'm calling Ed Myers today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program. Hello, my name is Alan Garrett, and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. However, 15 years ago, I dove into Jesus Christ, which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs, we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products, such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade, stainless steel construction, and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816. Good morning. I'm Pastor Ed Day, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Bumgardner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So grab a pen, take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. 
In Genesis chapter 12, Abraham ran into some pretty hard times. There was a famine in the land. He decides he's going to go down to Egypt. And on the way, he takes one look at his wife and he goes, Baby, you are smoking hot. You are it. I can't take you down to Egypt and let anybody know that you're my wife because if they know that you're my wife, they're going to kill me because they're going to want you. So this is what we're going to do. If anybody asks, you're my sister. Now, what's really jacked up about that is that she really was his half-sister. That's a whole nother sermon. Hmm? He said, when we get there, I'm just going to tell everybody that you're my sister so they'll let me live. Amen? But she was his wife, and he lied about that. He lied about her being his wife, and we don't have time to unpack all that, but through it all, God protected him, and God blessed him, and brought him back out of Egypt in spite of the foolishness of Abraham, and he gave them a major blessing. They left Egypt very wealthy and very blessed. So when it comes down to a few chapters later, because he was very successful in his deception, he comes to a place called Gerar. Everybody say Gerar. And Gerar, he's at the same deal, and, 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 and he's looking at Sarah, and he goes... Dad, gum it, Sarah. You're almost 90 years old, and you are still drop-dead gorgeous. I'm going to have to tell this king that we're going to go see that you're my sister. I mean, she had to be pretty good-looking because she was almost 90 if he's still telling everybody that she's his sister. But he looks at her, and he says, you're just unbelievably beautiful. And, and he goes, if I just let everybody know that you're my wife, they're going to kill me. So tell them you're my sister. And they concoct this strategy again that was successful in Egypt. They get down there. And in a dream that night, God reveals to King Abimelech, the lady that you're about to take is your wife. She actually belongs to another man. She's actually married to Abraham. And if you touch her, I'm going to kill you. Don't touch her. So the king wakes up in the morning and he goes to Abraham and he says, why are you lying to me? Why, what's wrong with you? Why are you lying to me? And he said, well, I was just scared that you would kill me because she was so beautiful. And, and Abimelech says, uh, I'm not going to kill you. And he blesses him and he leaves. Now watch this. Later on in this story, this sin is repeated with Isaac, Abraham's son. Isaac does the very same thing. Years later, in Genesis chapter 26, you've already got Jacob who stole the birthright from Esau. They've already been born. Esau gave up the birthright for a bowl of soup. And the very next thing that happens is Isaac goes up to the land of Gerar, and he's fearful of his life because evidently Rebekah is just as smoking hot as his mama Sarah. And he's like, we're going to have to do something about this. Go ahead and look in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 26, verse 6. It says, so Isaac dwelled in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she's my sister. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife, because he thought, lest the men of this place kill me for Rebekah, because she's beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw that there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. In other words, he was creeping up on her. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife, so how could you say she's my sister? And Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, where did he learn this from? Where did he get it from? Daddy did it. I can do it. So whenever it comes time for Jacob, we got to understand something about his life this morning. When Scripture calls him a deceiver, there's a part of Jacob that can rightly say that he came by that honestly. That it was passed down from generation to generation. My daddy lied. My granddaddy lied. If I need to get out of a jam, I can lie. 
So what happens is it gets passed down from one generation to the next generation, and, and it's not just on the paternal side. It's also on his mother's side. There's some, there's some deception that's going on over there. If you look in Genesis chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim that he could not see, that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. And then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, go out in the field and hunt game for me and make me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. So here's Isaac. He's about to die and he wants to give his blessing to Esau, the elder son. Go kill something. Let's eat it together and I'll give you my blessing. Now, how many of you understand in this story that is perfectly legitimate? The elder son was supposed to get the blessing, but that was not consistent with the plan of God because God had already spoke and said that Jacob would be the son that the blessing would come through. So here's Isaac trying to usurp what God had already spoken. And Rebecca is standing around the corner and she overhears this conversation. Look in verse 5. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for game and to bring it in. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves." Then she'll take it to your father that he may eat it, and then he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am smooth-skinned. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory foods such as his father loved with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So what's going on here? Mama knows what daddy's about to do, and it's not what God wanted to do. Isaac's fixing to blow it. Her brother Laban is also very deceptive in his life. He, later on in life, tricks Jacob into marrying the wrong woman for seven years of labor. And her family has been that way too. Now how many know when you start out in bad shape, when you start out in shape like that, in bad shape like that, that stuff gets passed on down. And we see this manifesting with Jacob. He's buying into this lie with his mom. And then verse 20 says this. Verse 20, he said... I'm sorry, in verse 18 he says, So he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. What are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And, how is and he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Now how many know you're in pretty bad shape when you start lying on God? When you start telling a lie on God, watch this in verse 20. He said, because you're God. That means at this, point of the, at this point of Jacob's life, he really has no relationship with God whatsoever. He declares that it's not his God, but it's his father's God. 
Verse 21, he said to Jacob, Please come near me, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him, and he said, The voice of Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And then he said, then he said, watch this. Are you really my son Esau? Are you really my son Esau? Here's the moment. Watch this, guys. Here's the moment, the opportunity for him to say, no, dad, I cannot tell a lie. This is a bad idea. I can't do this. Mom put me up to this to circumvent what you wanted to do because I'm supposed to be the one with the blessing. We got to stop this. But here's the reality. Here's the reality of it. The reality of generational sin, it does not stop with Jacob. It keeps getting passed down and it's manifesting in his life now. Amen? Sin goes from one generation to the next generation. So you say, Pastor, what is generational sin? What is generational sin? How do I break generational sin? And you can write this down this morning if you want to. Generational sin is an attitude or an act or disposition handed down from one generation to the next. It's something that we pick up either through nature or through nurture. Sometimes it's passed down through your DNA. If your parents were alcohol dependent, then you might have a propensity when you grow up to be alcohol dependent. It may run in your family, and we've seen that, haven't we? But most of our behavior comes not by nature, it comes by nurture. It's how we're raised. It comes from the environment that we're being brought up in. It comes from the house that we live in, from the culture, from the society that we dwell in. It's a way of living. It's a way of growing up. You saw, you saw in your parents a way of acting while you were being raised. And you pick up the way they act and you bring that on board because it's the only way you know how to act. It's like learning a language. And now we're going to take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a minute, but first I want to take the opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship services are 9 and 11 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church, and there's a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church. Whether it's children's church, youth group, senior meetings, there's something for everyone. If you are new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First, you will be our guest, and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for everyone. If you're born in a different culture, you hear your parents speak the language. How many know kids learn how to talk before they go to school? How many know they learn everything about you before they go to school? How you look on your face when you're upset. How you react when they do something. Hmm? Am I helping anybody? Is everybody okay? A lot of times when we see things in our families, we see addiction, we see abuse, and we think in the back of our subconscious mind, well, I guess that's just the way it is. If daddy did it, then it must be okay for me to do it. The Bible calls that a generational curse or a generational sin. In Exodus verse 20, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 5, it says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, that is in the earth beneath, 
or that is in the water underneath. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. How many know what God is saying? Is that what happens in one generation can affect what happens in the next generation. The sins of the father can be passed down and visited to the children. Whether it's abandonment, whether it's abuse, whether it's addiction, violence, control issues, emotional issues, anger issues, idolatry, greed, pride, insecurity, promiscuity. Those things can be passed down, just to name a few. And they can begin to manifest in their life. What you have seen and what you have observed and grew up with and what you were around as a child and what you have inherited become a way of life for you. It gets ingrained into you. Now, does that, mean that's going to be, does that mean that you're going to be responsible for your parents' sin? No. Generational sin does not mean that you have the guilt of the sin of your parents. If they sin, they stand before God on their own. I mean, everybody stands before God on their own today. You are individually held accountable for your sin. For instance, the children of Israel, they came up to the edge of the promised land. They sent ten spies in. Two came back with a good report. Ten came back with a bad report. Two came back with a good report. And then they listened to the report, and all the adults in the camp said, well, let's take a vote, which, how do you know, that's a bad way to live life. Mm. A majority opinion. They took a vote, and the majority said, we can't go. So they turned around, and they disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, God said, because you have disobeyed me, you're going to wander around the wilderness for another 40 years until that generation passed off. Now think about a kid that's 15 years old. He gets to the edge of the promised land. His parents disobey God. They go back into the wilderness, and he has to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. That means he does not get to his promise until he's 55 years old. Hmm? He experiences the consequence of their sin, but he did not carry the guilt of their sin. If a man cheats on his taxes or a man steals a bunch of money and, he, and he's sentenced to jail and he ends up going to jail for five or ten years, how many know if he's got a four-year-old son? His son didn't sin, but his son experiences the, the, the sin in his life. There's a consequence of that sin for the son. So we understand this morning that generational sin doesn't mean that you are guilty of your father's sin. And it also doesn't mean that it does mean that you have to live with the consequences of somebody else's sin sometimes. How many know there are victims to sin? You can be victimized by somebody else's indiscretion. It also means that you can practice that sin because you've learned how to practice it. You've found an easy way to do it. You've observed that sin in your life. You've observed it and you've seen it to be acceptable. Because those that were raising you up made it acceptable. And that sin can become very normal. We see this all the time, repeated constantly. Maybe many of you have seen it this morning. It just becomes normal. It's a normal way of life. People say, well, that's just how I am. You ever heard anybody say that? That's just how I am. How I many know this pattern? It runs through the Bible, all the way through the Chronicles. First and second Chronicles, from one king of Israel to the next king of Israel to the next king of Israel. There's a pattern of sin that's passed down from generation to generation. And watch this. What parents typically dismiss and what they excuse in their life as a sin in moderation, when it gets to the next generation, it becomes a sin of excess. The little things that we compromise on, that we do, well, one or two times, 
and the next generation becomes all the time. In other words, what you could handle a little bit of and, and you kind of knew how to deal with, by the time it gets to your kids, they're doing the same thing, but they're doing a whole lot of it and they don't know how to handle it. And that's how sin begins to manifest. Just like Abraham and Isaac lied to save their own skin, here comes Jacob. He lies to get ahead. And Jacob's lie is a little bit deeper. It's a little bit crazier. And he lies to get rid of a problem. And all of a sudden, it becomes a snowball. And it becomes a way of life, a way of deception that he lives. Well, listen to me this morning. Generational sin is still sin, ladies and gentlemen. It's still sin. Exodus 20, verse 4. We just read it. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations. And watch this. Don't miss this. To those who hate me. Because how many of you know this morning, you see it happen from your parents, you watch what they do, you, you might have inherited some of their predispositions, some of their ways they look at things, but ultimately, if you make the same choice they make, it's no longer their sin that you bear the guilt of, it's your sin that you bear the guilt of. You have to take ownership of that sin. Whether you choose to repeat that sin or not, if you do it, you will bear the guilt of that sin. Even if your father hated and rebelled God, you can't say God made you do it if you hate and rebel God. Now, because of nature and because of nurture, you choose to rebel against God. You choose to walk away from God. God says, those are the people that have no faith and those are the people that hate me. Do you know when you don't have faith that God says that's just the way that you can hate Him? It's a walking away from God. You ever watch uh, Law and Order and them, them court TV shows? They get in there before the judge and they testify. Well, that's just the way I am. That's the way I was raised. I was just raised that way. I couldn't help it. I didn't mean to do what I did when I did what I did. I was raised that way. It's how I am. And then we hear professors in all these big universities and these college. Well, if we could just change people's environment, then they would be much better. They'd live better. And they could look back. You know, people look back and they say, well, it's just not my fault. Somebody, my mama, my daddy, I grew up this way. Listen to me, your propensity towards sin may not be your fault. It may not be. You can say you got it from daddy, but the guilt of your sin rests with you. And the choices for your actions and the choices for your behavior lie squarely at your own feet. In the kingdom of God, there is accountability and responsibility for your behavior. Thank you for joining us today for The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Bumgardner. I hope you tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m., right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981. To pay by phone or make a love gift, you can call 772 461 8555. For more exciting information on our church, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. I'm your host, Ed Day, and I'll see you next time on The Revealing Truth. Oh,
Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hi, this is Ed Myers, Realtor with Century 21 All Professional and member of the National Association of Realtors. Whether you are buying, selling, or renting a home, understanding the market can be essential. I'm a Century 21 top producer, recipient of the Century 21 Presidential Award, Century 21 Centurion Award, and Quality Service Pinnacle Award. I proudly served the United States Marine Corps, and now I'm specializing in serving the Port St. Lucie, Stewart, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, and surrounding areas of the Treasure Coast. Real estate is the key to building long-term wealth, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, a first-time home buyer, or an investor. Letting an experienced professional with a proven track record can make all the difference. I would love the opportunity to help you. You can reach me by phone or text at 772-342-0047. Again, that number is 772-342-0047. Saturday, March 28th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Truth Church presents Bounce Tacular. Huge Easter egg hunt, free bounce houses, free face painting, free prizes, and free food. Come hear the real story of Easter. Bring your Easter baskets and fill them with candy and prizes. It's all happening at Truth Church, Saturday, March 28, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Truth Church is located at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. For more information, go to mytruthchurch.com. Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org. Hey, it's Pastor Jason from The Revealing Truths. Kim and I would like to extend an invitation to you to come out and spend some time with us on Sunday morning. Our service times are at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. You know, we're having an explosive time in the ministry. God is performing miracles in our midst. Today, we're living in a time and a generation where six out of every ten people do not attend church regularly. It's really something that we never really thought would happen in our country today. So many people have fallen away from the things of God. But I can tell you this. There's never been a more important time in history than there is now to get connected to church. Our church is a growing church and we're looking for a few good people to come in and join us. We have a big vision. We have big dreams. And we know it's going to take a lot of people to implement what God wants to do here on the Treasure Coast. If you've been searching for a good place where there's good word, where people know how to worship Jesus and enter into His presence, if you've been searching for a place 
that flows in the supernatural and miracles are taking place, then Truth Church may be the place for you. I want to invite you right now. If you've been going from church to church or you haven't found the right place, come visit with us. Come be our guest on a Sunday morning and take part in what God is doing here at Truth Church. We're a very loving church and we're a family church. And we're expecting God to do great things in the lives of those that will partner with us to change the treasure coast of Florida. I hope I will see you there this Sunday. Please call our church office line at any time if you need prayer for anything. The number for the church is 772-461-8555.